Hey everyone, welcome back. Before we get into these stories, I felt like I needed to give a warning for the final story. There's a brief mentioning of someone who lost their baby, and I wasn't really sure, but I felt like I should give a warning for that. And I know some people just don't want to hear those kinds of stories, as it's a very deep and heavy topic. Like I said, it does only mention it briefly, but if you want to avoid stories like that, go ahead and skip the last one. All that being said, if you're all ready, let's get into these stories. And remember, to always, stay hungry. My story takes place in a small rural town in southern Louisiana. The year was 1998, and I was about 12 years old. My mother and I were in between houses since my parents had just gone through a divorce. We were staying in a small spare two-bedroom, one-bath house on the side of my grandmother's home, all while my mother was saving money to get us into an apartment, or any type of better living space, really. It was summer, and the local fair was something that everyone in my town really loved to attend every year. Lucky for us, the fair was within walking distance from where we had been living. My mother and I walked to the fair to meet with friends and family. She went off to chat with friends, and she had trusted me to hang out with my friends. After a few hours of socializing, I had spilled soda on a white t-shirt that I had on. I hurried home to change into something clean. I arrived home, and to no surprise, the door was unlocked. This was the type of town where folks just left their doors unlocked often, since the area was very low on crime. But when I got into my room, I noticed the strangest thing. There was a newspaper laid across my bed. I knew that wasn't there before when I had left, but I guess my mother must have just put it there for some odd reason. When I looked at the newspaper, it was nothing out of the ordinary, but it was dated in 1991. A seven-year-old local newspaper. Though it was odd, I just brushed it off, changed my shirt, and headed back to the fair. Later that evening, I had gotten back home and I had showed my mother the newspaper, and I asked why she had left it there. She was just as clueless as I was, though. She asked our grandmother, and she also had no idea where the newspaper came from either. A few nights later, the landline phone then rang. My mother answered it and repeatedly said hello. She hung up on the phone, and I asked who it was. She just said no one. I think it's a prank caller. About ten minutes later, the phone rang again. After my mother answered, she told the caller to stop calling. Well, a few nights later, we had received another call, but this time it was about one in the morning. It woke me up, and I really wanted to answer it, knowing my mom had worked such long 12-hour shifts. When I answered it, I just heard breathing on the phone. This scared me, and it sent shivers down my spine. It was the last thing that I was expecting to hear. I ran into my mom's room, and I let her know. She just told me to keep the phone off the hook, so if they call back, they'll just receive a busy tone. So the next morning, my mother and I were talking about this over breakfast. She told me that the person who had called a few nights before had done the same thing, breathing into the phone, and she thinks that we were just being pranked, so we just left it at that. 
The very next night, we were coming into the house after doing some grocery shopping. It was about 8pm that night, so it was pretty dark out. As we were getting into the house, we had heard singing coming from the woods near our home. It was a man's voice singing the chorus to Whitney Houston's, I Will Always Love You. We then looked to see a big overweight man hiding in the woods with a cheap plastic clown mask standing right outside of the woods. We ran into the house in a total panic, locked the doors, and then called the police. The police arrived in about 15 minutes after we called, and they checked the area. Unfortunately, however, there was no sign of anyone. They advised us to keep the house locked, and they would guard the area until the next day. My mother had also mentioned the newspaper as well as the strange phone calls to them. They asked if this had been done by a past live interest, and we both knew that my father would never do something so strange. He and my mom ended things on really good terms, and this is something completely out of my dad's character. We continued to look through the newspaper, but there was nothing pointing to any signs of who this person could be. There was no one we could consider a suspect. We stayed with my grandmother for a few more weeks until we felt comfortable sleeping in the house again. Luckily, nothing ever happened again, but I had this dreadful feeling that I was being watched for the last few months until we finally moved out of the spare house. It was pretty scary. So last week, I'd had a message from some guy on Facebook about a lamp that I was selling on Marketplace. Nothing unusual, just asking for more pics and the price and stuff. He was interested, and he wanted to pick it up since I don't drive. So I'd send him my postcode and we exchanged numbers to arrange a pickup time and day. Once I sent him my number, I didn't hear from him for a few days, so I'd left in a little bit, thinking he was no longer interested, but then I started getting no-caller IDs. I didn't think anything of it because I assumed it was my ex, as he was always ringing me out of the blue to cause arguments, and I never answer it. I then got a phone call on a Friday night, and I had a few to drink, so I decided to answer it thinking it was my ex, but no one spoke. It was just breathing for a little bit. So I said, Tom, what the fuck are you doing? Stop ringing me. Stop being weird. And whoever it was then said, and then started giggling, then ended the phone call. I didn't recognize the voice at all, so I got a little weirded out by the situation, but not too much that it ruined my night. This went on for a while. Creepy phone calls of just breathing, or maybe the odd. Baby, where are you? And then ending the phone call. I mentioned it to my dad. And he told me to just put my phone on do not disturb so it goes straight to voicemail and I don't have to answer. Then yesterday, I was at work. I worked around 11pm at a pub near my house and around 10.50, I had realized that I had missed four phone calls from my mom. So I rang her back on the way home and she said that a man had knocked on my door asking for me. I assumed it was the man finally wanting to pick up the lamp. I was a little annoyed that he had just shown up like that, especially with it being so late and not actually arranging a time like we discussed. But anyways, like I said, he did ask for the lamp, and my mom said no. She told me that he said that I said that he could wait in my room until I got home from work. 
This is when I got very scared. How did he know I was at work? And who in their right mind would try and do that? My mom obviously didn't let him in. And she then told him if I really did say that, he could wait outside for me. As I have a big dog and he's not friendly. I asked her if he's still outside because I never said that he could wait in my room. And I told her the whole interaction from Facebook, including the phone calls. That's when I connected the dots. She looked out the window, and she said he was gone. Me still being very scared, I had asked my mom to pick me up from work, as he might know where I work or be waiting for me. I just didn't want to chance it. As I was waiting for my mom, I had went to send him an angry message, then saying, What the fuck do you think you're doing? But I couldn't find his profile anywhere. This was yesterday night, and I've still been receiving phone calls and I have no idea what to do about it. I shouldn't have been so stupid to just give anyone my address like that. If anyone listening has anything on Facebook Marketplace, please be careful. There's some very scary people out there, and you just really don't know their intentions. I have no idea what this man would have done to me if he had knocked on my house when I was home alone. Thank you for listening to my story and I'll be sure to provide an update if anything else happens. Hey everyone, I'm a 25-year-old white female living in Japan with my Japanese husband. I've been a fan of this channel for about 5 years, and I never thought I would actually contribute. But here it goes. For some background, I've lived in Japan for almost a year now, and I can speak clumsy Japanese, but my listening skill is amazing. My husband and I are both elementary school teachers in our city, and we know the area well. Usually I feel very safe going to places by myself, since Japan is much safer than my home state of Alaska. That's why this story shook me up really badly. As of running this, the story happened about two days ago. My husband and I had a college friend visiting us from the States, so naturally, we were showing him around our city. For privacy reasons, let's call my husband T and our friend P. We decided to take P to a local shrine that T and I have visited a few times before. The layout of the shrine is very important to remember. The shrine is huge, and it sits at the top of a big hill, and the parking area is at the bottom. However, Going further down the hill is a beautiful park with an indoor building where you can see lots of rare tropical plants. That building also happens to be where the only bathroom is situated. This will be important to remember soon. Back to the story. The three of us walked around the shrine together as T and I showed our friend P how to do some of the traditional prayers. I unfortunately had to go to the bathroom, which meant that I had to take a little hike to the building that I just mentioned. Now, since we had a bit of a time crunch, my husband who accompanies me 99% of the time told me to go by myself. I grumpily complied, and I stomped down the mini mountain all by myself. Keep in mind, the only other vehicle aside from ours was a big red college bus with a unique logo of a local sports team on the side. With my luck, as I'm walking through the parking lot, a group of three college guys noticed me walking by myself. Since I'm clearly foreign, nobody ever expects me to understand them, but I do. 
The three college guys, probably about 19, start commenting things like, Whoa, look at her. And, Hey, look, it's a foreigner. Keep in mind, they're of course saying this in Japanese. This also happens a lot, so I laughed a bit out loud. But that was a huge mistake. They hear me, and they then start yelling in broken English and Japanese. Hello? Excuse me? And my stomach drops. I don't know how to explain it, but I just knew something was very off. So I walk faster. I could hear them behind me, and I realized they stopped boarding their bus and started following a few yards behind me and laughing about it. I start to panic as they start catching up to me. I quickly pull out my phone and call my husband, who picks up with a slightly annoyed, hello, from my attitude earlier. Side note, I have a really rough anxiety disorder which makes stressful situations much more difficult for me to manage because I have a hard time breathing. The guys are still calling after me and laughing as I then tell T, Hun, there's a group of college boys yelling at me and following me. I'm really scared. Oh my god, are you okay? Yeah, I think so, but I'm gonna go hide in the bathroom. I don't know if they're gonna follow me into the building. Okay, I'll be down there in one bit. Thank you, hon. I said. But as I'm fighting to stay calm, reaching to the bottom of the hill, I pass three more college guys who see me visibly scared and clearly alone. As I'm hanging up the phone with T, I run him to the stairs into the building and I rush into the bathroom. I accidentally scared the worker who was cleaning. I quickly apologized and she leaves, shutting the bathroom door behind her. I then hear those stupid assholes come into the building, still laughing and saying, Huh? Where did the foreigner go? I know she's here somewhere. Where's the foreigner? I panic some more and I log myself into the farthest of the two stalls in the tiny bathroom. And to my horror, they start opening the handicapped bathroom in the hallway and the men's room. She's not in there. One of them says as I nearly pass out as I hear the women's bathroom door then open. I choke on my breath as I frantically text and try to call T. What do you know? Only one bar of cell service and no Wi-Fi available. By the pure grace of God, the group of men didn't enter the women's bathroom. But to my horror, they start waiting outside the bathroom and talking about me. I could hear them making comments that I couldn't quite understand, but in hindsight, it's probably best that I didn't understand them. All the calls to T dropped, but he managed to read my text, where I said, I'm trapped. They're waiting for me outside the door. After five minutes of panicked waiting, I hear the wonderful sounds of T's voice calling me. Hun, are you there? Are you okay? Now in tears, I step out of the stall to see him standing in the hall past the still open bathroom. I'm trying really hard to hold in my tears, and I'm incredibly dizzy from all the anxiety. I only manage to shake my head. Dizzy, I hold onto his arm to steady myself, and I stare at the floor as we then walk past those jerks waiting right outside the bathroom door. They see me holding on to tea. And in English, they say, Ooh, oh my gosh. Mocking and laughing at me being visibly scared with T helping me. T 
He then asks me if I'm okay, and I shake my head. He's standing in the lobby looking very concerned as I rushed out of the building, but not before shakily yelling, Fuck you, bitch! to the group, which was only met with their cackling laughter. I'm really glad my fear is so fucking funny to you. This had really pissed off T, and he stays behind as P walks outside with me. I'm hyperventilating and crying, and I tell P, go help T. I watch him walk back up the stairs as one of the college boys comes sprinting out of the building looking at me. He then notices P standing very close to him, and he turns on his heels, running right back inside like a coward. T comes out angrily, and the two of them help me walk back up the hill to the car. I was really dizzy from panicking, and I was shaking uncontrollably. How many of them were there? I ask in between my breaths, fully expecting T to say three or four, just like I saw passing in the parking lot. There were ten, he says angrily. I absolutely lose it thinking about ten against one and ending up having a horrible panic attack. I'm so grateful to T for standing up to that big group of men for me. He told them to fuck off and that they're horrible people. But go figure, they thought that was hilarious too. I just keep thinking, what did they want from me? What was their plan? Why did they see a foreign woman walking by herself and team up on her like that? If there were ten of them, why didn't at least one of them try to help me? Why did one of them run outside after me while he was telling them off? So to all ten of you, sincerely fuck all the way off. How dare you terrorize a woman and laugh about it? Now the team logo from that damned bus scares me whenever I see the posters around places I go. Let's not meet each other again. And I really hope someday you feel just as terrified as I was in that moment and you see my pasty face in your dreams. Also, I want to give a very sincere thank you to Southern Cannibal for sharing these stories to help me better prepare myself and reminding victims that we're not alone, especially the women out there. This may be less eventful than other stories, but it still gives me anxiety to think about. Thank you for listening. I'm a 32-year-old female. When I was a teenager, I had a MySpace account. I would often exchange messages with a guy a couple years older than me. We'll call him Jay. He was from a nearby town. This went on for a few months or so. Then we met in real life, and he was in fact the guy that he said he was. It went all well, but we didn't hang out again at that time. He had disappeared because I got a boyfriend. It was then that I realized that Jay had liked me more than a friend, and it just went right over my head. I'd really thought that we were just good friends. As time passed, I'd started to forget all about Jay. My boyfriend and I stayed together for many years. Anyway, at the age of 19, I had my first son. Yeah, I know. Teen pregnancy really isn't ideal, but it's what happened and I became a great mother. Something happened though that changed me forever. Life doesn't always go the way you expect. Suddenly, my five-month-old son died of SIDS. While at the funeral, I thought that I had noticed Jay at the back of the church, looking again real quick, 
I didn't spot him. I thought it was really weird since we hadn't spoken in years, but I let it go. Maybe I didn't see him after all. A few years later, I was single again. Jay had reappeared through Facebook. It was like he had been waiting for this moment or something, but I never even thought about that at the time. We went on a date that kind of lasted way too long, and I had to keep telling him to leave at the end. He did leave, and I apologized profusely. I agreed to keep messaging him, but decided that we probably weren't compatible. I then got back together with my ex and told Jay when I talked to him. He totally blew up on me. He sent long angry messages saying that I tricked him, that I was worth no more than dirt, and that he had sold his guitar and amp just to take me on a nice date. Well dang, but I mean, I never told him to do that. I don't really see how that was my fault. I just blocked him, and I put him out of my mind, and he did leave me alone. Well, until about a year ago, or so I thought. I was single again with a different Facebook account than before, and guess who showed up in my inbox? Jay apologized for before. He said that he was different now. I don't know why, but I had started messaging back, cautiously. I was friendly and polite. For some reason, he took that as me flirting. He then confessed some things. He was indeed at my son's funeral all those years ago. Even though we weren't speaking, he had watched me from afar the whole time. He knew things that had happened that wasn't on social media. He had many pictures of me saved too. He was telling me all this like it was a normal way to act. He couldn't see the error of his ways. I had no idea this was going on the whole time. He messaged so much that I blocked him again. He somehow got my phone number and started blowing up my phone. I'd blocked his number, but he just came getting different ones. He knew where I lived as well. He had started leaving things outside my house. Roses, threatening notes, chocolates with notes saying he'd see me soon, as well as an envelope containing a picture of me out in my own yard hanging laundry. I would see him in public periodically. I was so frazzled. I was hardly sleeping or eating and constantly looking over my shoulder. I finally went to the police for help. They basically said if they don't catch him in the act and he's not physically harming me, they really can't help me, and then just sent me on my way. Oh, and they suggested me getting mace. Let's not forget about that. I ended up abandoning all of my social media. I also stopped going to places that deemed unnecessary, and I got a door camera as well. Then I just got tired of hiding. I got my firearms owner identification card, as well as a Winchester 12-gauge shotgun. The next time Jay messaged, I sent him a picture of my new weapon in my hands. I said that he better leave me alone, and if he ever sets foot on my land again, I won't hesitate to shoot. And you know what's funny? I haven't heard from him since. He didn't realize that I was truly on that level of crazy. I really hope he gets help and leaves me alone. I never even knew he was there, watching from the shadows all that time. Please everyone, please be careful with who you interact with or who you meet up with from the internet.